Hello, Money Multipliers. Welcome back to another episode of the Money Multiplier Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Kessler, and we ask ourselves, do our dollars make sense? So welcome and hello, December. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. Um, I'm reporting live from my papa's uh, study, his office here. So actually, it's over the holidays right now. So we're over here in Dallas, Texas, hanging out with the family. And uh, I thought this was going to be a really cool backdrop for today's video. So I'm in here recording. I kind of booted Papa out and I said, hey, uh, Papa, can I have your office for like an hour? He said, yeah. So that's where we're at today. We're here in Dallas, Texas. It's been uh, sunny. It's been warm. It's been, you know, kind of unusual for the chillier months, but uh, very happy to be here hanging out with family. Things are slowing down. Not as many speaking events. Um, there have been some like personal events that have been popping up here and there. Uh, my best girlfriend just got married. So congrats. And uh, other things that are going on in the office. But what I want to talk about here in this episode is, you know, it is coming into December and December is the time to reflect, you know, spend time with your loved ones and really celebrate this life that we are so gifted to experience. And so December also means Christmas for most Americans. And with these traditions, it's leading to Santa Claus and putting presents underneath the Christmas tree. And when Santa comes to town, this also means some financial transactions are happening during this time. So I want to get into this episode really talking about, well, hey, what if we use our infinite banking system, our privatized banks to go out and make the transactions for Christmas times and the gifts that were given to people? Maybe we're hosting some parties. We need to fund for the venues or the food catering, just things like that. What if we use our infinite banking system to do so? So thanks for tuning in this week. I'm here every single week, every Tuesday we upload, whether it's on the YouTube podcast channels, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm happy you're here. Let's get into the episode. So before we get into this, let's give a brief overview for new folks who maybe this is your first time hearing me talk about the infinite banking concept or even hearing about my company, The Money Multiplier. But you can also go visit our website, themoneymultiplier.com forward slash presentation. And it will take you right there to a full 90 minute presentation where we really get deep into the nitty gritties of how are we using this concept? Why do we even want to use it? What is even the infinite banking concept? So you can always pause this episode and go over there and really get the foundational understanding of what this concept truly is. But high level, before we get into it, the infinite banking concept, or sometimes we call it IBC for short, is utilizing a properly structured whole life insurance policy with a mutually owned company that pays dividends. And so by using this vehicle and when it's designed appropriately, I'll get into that in a second, 
when it's designed appropriately, you have an immediate cash value that you can pull from the life insurance policy to go buy the things in life, whether it's our products, the goods, the services, the investments, literally whatever it is that we're buying in life, we're just now utilizing the policy to go out and do so. And this policy that I'm talking about, the whole life insurance, it's not just that regular whole life policy that you can go buy off the shelf from your brother-in-law that sells life insurance or your state farm agent, your all state agent. No, this has got to be designed specifically for high cash value banking. And so when you do so and the policy is designed appropriately for this concept, you have an immediate cash value in there. And my definition of immediately is within 30 days. So when you make that premium deposit into the policy, now there's that immediate cash value that you can go in there and start pulling from. And for my analyticals on here, I'll just tell you, because there's no secret sauce that we're doing. It's just by simply overfunding the paid up addition riders. So go back and watch my episode of 81, where I get into the engineering behind the policies. If you're that type of person, want to know the ins and outs. But I just have a firm belief that there's no difference from an insurance company or the commercial conventional banks that are out there besides the name on the front door. Y'all, they're both places of where we can warehouse and store the money. So that's all we're doing. I'm just utilizing and storing my wealth inside of this whole life insurance policy, this contract, and then I'm leveraging it and being and able to take out the cash values to go buy the things I was already gonna go buy in life anyway. And again, I'm not going to get too much into the why of the whole life in this episode. This episode is going to be more geared to the how we're utilizing the policy. So go to our website, go view that presentation, go directly to the source. Um, There's a book by R. Nelson Nash. Uh, It's called Becoming Your Own Banker. You can go to our website or go out to Amazon, go purchase the book. It also comes with some audio as well if you kind of got a little ADD like myself. And then uh, a few episodes that I would recommend from my channel is uh, episode 49. There's episode 57 or 72. Those really get into the deep uh, why aspects of this concept and why we're utilizing the whole life policies. So... Now that we understand the vehicle, right, the vehicle being the policy and all we're doing, and I guess the correlation I really want y'all to make is is that this policy, it is literally nothing more than just your glorified savings account. That's all that it is. That's all what the policy is. It's nothing more than just that savings vehicle of where you're safely warehousing, keeping the money. It grows in there, uninterrupted compounding interest, guaranteed contractual growth, tax-free growth, the government's out of our hair, and there's just so many other aspects. And that's why I have this show. So keep coming back every single week because we'll get uh, into it. So I think the challenge is with the holiday season, and in my opinion, kind of social media, the digital era, 
capitalism, etc. You, you know, each and every year, it, it's kind of we have to outdo the year prior, right? So I, I was kind of thinking about this. Like I, I told you, my best girlfriend got married, and I was at her wedding, and I was just thinking, like back in the day, you know. Here recently, people are spending buku bucks on venues, this wedding dress that you may wear once or twice, twice if you go renew your vows, or maybe you customize it to a shorter dress and you're able to use it in the future. I don't know. But I, I, there's just so much cost to these weddings that I'm like, holy crap, y'all. You guys are going out there spending like 50 grand on an extravagant party, which is great. It, it's a celebration, celebrating the love for one another. But I was just thinking back in the past where like the 60s, 70s, let's even go back to the 50s, 40s. Do you think people are out there spending $50,000 on weddings? <laughs> I don't really think so. I think because of the times that are changing within our society and, and especially social media, I think has to do something with this. You know, we always try to outdo other people the year before and just keep outdoing that year previous. And so I think about this when it comes to like the holidays, you know, because things are getting more expensive. You know, kids nowadays are like freaking 10 years old and they're wanting an iPhone. Excuse me, Papa still has a uh, home phone. Okay, I don't think it's going to ring again. <laughs> but, you know, people are going to go out there and they'll literally spend like thousands and thousands of dollars and even get into debt just so that they can go out and buy Christmas presents for their loved ones. You know, maybe it's jewelry, maybe it's a new car, money for education. You know, whatever it is, these purchases can really, really add up. And as you know, if y'all have been following me for a while, we finance every single thing that we buy, right? So we either give up the interest that we could have earned on that money, the future earning rights, or we pay interest to other people. So that's the only way that we know of, besides this concept, that we are going out there and financing for these purchases. We're paying cash, and thus when we pay cash for things, that money was sitting inside of our pocket, earning us interest. And when you go and just withdraw that cash and then go buy your product, your purchase, well, then that money is gone. It's left your hands it's left your family forever. And in order to get that money back inside of your pocket working for you again, you got to go work for it. You got to go earn it somehow. You know, and then obviously if I'm going to take out a, a, a loan or maybe I put some money on some credit cards, I might be having to pay that interest. And I got to pay that interest back because if I borrow money, you bet your booty that you got to pay it back and you got to pay it back with interest and you never skip a beat and do it. So that's just how we've been taught to go out and make financial purchases within our life. So how can we do better than what we're already currently doing? You know, how can I go and buy that piece of jewelry? Maybe it's a car. Maybe it's some college tuition for your child, your grandchild. How can I still go make that purchase, but then have a system in place to get 
all of the money back for that purchase. Or AKA, what's also known as never missing out on that future earning rights, what's called the opportunity cost of our capital. Because there is, there is a cost to capital. And actually, I'm just thinking about this right now because you guys know my ADD is kind of going off, but I should do an episode sometime here soon about EVA, economic value added. And it's a big um, Austrian principle about how your capital truly has a cost to it. And nobody talks about that stuff. You know, sometimes when we just go pay cash for something, we think it's just free money. It's my money. So it's just free money. I can go spend it however I want, which is a true statement. You can't go spend your money however you want. It's your money. But you're neglecting that respect to your dollar really within that banking business and system within your life. So I want y'all to understand that you can, it is possible, you can go out and buy that diamond ring and then also get all the money back because you've implemented this system. All you did was you just added this one additional step into your financial life by getting the money into the policy first and then going and buying the diamond ring. Whoa, Hannah, that's kind of a really bold statement. Are you really serious about that? I can go and make my purchase and get all the money back for it. Absolutely. So, so Hannah, you're saying that. Well, how are you doing it? How do you go about uh, doing that? How can I get all the money back for the jewelry and things that I'm buying in life? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Now, if you are a visual learner, I do have an episode where I get into the spreadsheets on the YouTube channel. So The Money Multiplier on YouTube, and it's actually using the policy to go out and buy cars in life. And so go check out episode 80, where I really get into the spreadsheets behind it. But in that episode, you know, I just use a car. Literally, y'all, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a car, a piece of jewelry, um, et cetera, right? It doesn't matter what it is. Any liability you are now turning into an asset just by simply moving it and flowing that money through the policy first. So just want to tell you all my visual learners. All right. So step one, what do we got to do first? Well, step one is, is that, well, I need to obtain and I need to have this vehicle, this whole life policy. So quickly, I just kind of want to go through kind of the steps that you got to take if this is something that you want to do. Because I do get this question from time to time, and I just want to address it publicly into the community. But a lot of people, you know, they've never gone out. They've never applied for life insurance in the past. So we're just not aware of what these steps are to obtain that policy. Now, if this concept, if this is something that you want to do, hopefully you want to do it with me. Hopefully you like me enough. You see the assets and the resources and the tools that we have over here with the mapping and the implementation team. But even in the past, if you don't vibe with me, you don't like my personality, whatever, go out out to the infinitebanking.org website and go look up practitioners within your area and you can get uh, connected with another practitioner. But 
this is what we do, right? So if somebody comes to me and they say, okay, Hannah, I want to start this concept. I want to start the policy. What is my first step? Well, the first step is we first got to get approved for the policy on the health side. Now, I'm not going to get deep into it in today's episode, but even if you are not healthy, yes, you can still practice this concept because you can always put the policy on another person, whether it's your spouse, family, family members, business partners, whatever, you can still practice this. So we first got to get approved on the health side. And what this entails, it's about a four to six week process. Step one, we got to do the application. Step two, we got to do the exam. If it's required, if it's necessary, sometimes it may not be due to your age, the amount of coverage we're applying for, how you're answering the questions on the application. But if it is required, there's going to be a nurse that's local to you. The nurse will come out to your home. They're going to just uh, perform a basic physical. They'll take a little blood. You'll pee in a cup, stand on a scale. And then that information will go to your underwriter. And then once they have that, hopefully they'll give us the approval. They say, yep, we want to take on this quote unquote risk of your life and we'll accept this policy on your body. So that's really our first step. So you just got to go through the process to get approved for the health side of the policy. Also, little asterisk here as I'm thinking about it. If you, Mr. or Mrs., if you're thinking to yourself, you're watching me right now and you're thinking, ooh, that's a young girl up there uh, talking on uh, YouTube right now. I'm too old to do this. Hannah, this won't work for me because I am just way too old to even get a life insurance policy. No. If you're thinking age has anything to do with this concept and using the policy to leverage and finance the things that we're buying in life, no. You got to go back and rewatch that presentation and really hit that paradigm shift. Age does not have anything to do with the cash inside the policy, age only affects the death benefit. Now, here's a tidbit as well. You know, if somebody is around the ages of like 75 to 80 years old, that's kind of when the insurance companies do stop handing out these types of policies. But, um, before that, I mean, even if you are within those ages, I mean, hey, it's worth a shot. Just reach out to me and say, hey, Hannah, this is what's going on. Can I get a policy on my body? Right. OK, so we can have those one on one conversations. So now that we have the approval on the policy. All right. Let's. Fast forward, let's make believe now that the policy is signed, it's funded, and then now it's active. Well, hey, now I can start using this policy because what did Hannah tell me? Hannah told me that cash value loans are made available immediately within 30 days after I make my premium deposit. So now, because I'm sitting here in December, I just funded my policy and I got some transactions that are coming up for me to make my Christmas and holiday orders, how do I now use this policy to go out and buy these things? Well, let's get into it. Happy banking. 
All right, and we're back in business. So I just had to take a little break uh, in between in the middle of the episode. Um, Mom scheduled us some family portraits and pictures today. So I had my sports coat on. My cousins came over, aunt, uncle, we had nanny and papa there, mom and dad. So we got some cool little family pictures that will be coming up here soon. All right, but let's get back into it. All right, where we kind of ended our discussion in Hannah's brain right now is we were talking about, okay, um, if I'm going to be using this policy, how do I set this thing up? And we walked through, all right, I, I got to go out, obtain this vehicle, and then after that, once I have the policy and now it's active and it's in force, how do I start using this vehicle? Now, over here at the Money Multiplier, this is where we hone in a lot of the energy and, and time and effort in is into the mapping and implementation team. So when you have a policy with us, we have those ongoing two to three times a year meetings because our financial life is never stagnant and banking is a process. It's not just about the whole life product. So how do I stay in tuned with this policy as I keep moving on with my financials and within my life? So when I think about the policy, this is what should be collecting all of the net income, that for savings money, the money that we're keeping after the expenses get paid out. So instead of just holding it down, like in your 401k, your savings account down at the local bank, putting it underneath your mattress or storing it in your safe somewhere, right? All we're doing is we're just holding that liquid capital now inside of the policy. And so when I want to go and use my policy, all I got to do is I just call up to the insurance company. Now there's a few ways that you can do it. You can call up the insurance company over the phone. You will have access to your online portal so that you can log in directly, request the loans online. Or there's even like a little paper form that you could fill out and just email into the insurance companies. But let's say that it's like Christmas time and I am wanting to go purchase my brother a new computer. And that computer is going to cost me about $1,500. Now, what I'll do is I got a cash value. Let's make believe it's 5,000. I got 5,000 of cash inside of my policy, but I only need 1,500 of it. So what I'll do is I'll dial up the insurance company and I'll say, okay, I need this loan money. Um, I need 1,500. I'm not gonna pull out the max available because I just simply don't need it right now. I could if I wanted to, but if I don't have any use or need for my money, I just go and hold it inside of the policies. So I call up and I say, okay, I need 1,500 bucks. Um, I don't even tell them what I'm using the money for, okay? Because when you call up and you request a policy loan, they never ask you what you're using the money for, when you're going to pay it back, and how you're going to pay it back. Because at the end of the day, they just simply do not care. Because what you're doing is you're collateralizing that death 
benefit. All right, because there's a death benefit on this whole life policy, and it's going to be there whether we like it or not. So when we call in and I say, hey, I want to take out 1500 they don't ask me what I'm using the money for or when I'm paying it back, because at the end of it all, at my graduation date, my expiration date, my death date, any outstanding loans on the policy will just get subtracted from your death benefit. And death benefit is always going to be higher than the cash available in that policy. So that's why they really don't care to ask when we're paying it uh, back, how we're using the money, what even we're using the money for. So I just simply say, all right, I want $1,500 and um, I want you to directly deposit it into this bank account here. And then they'll go ahead and directly deposit it over. Well, now I got the $1,500 in my local bank account, the bank that I just like to do business with. And then now I'm going to walk down, let's say it's to the Apple store, and I'm going to go buy my brother a new MacBook computer. So I walk in, I find the MacBook I want to purchase, I hand over the $1,500, and then they give me the computer. Now that I got the MacBook, they got the money, transaction's done. And that's normally where a lot of people stop at. So how I kind of want you to picture the loan repayments back to yourself when we're talking about maybe gift giving, think about it as nothing more than just saving back up for next year's gift giving. You know, I know Christmas comes around once every year. I know that I want to give my brother some gifts this holiday season, some Christmas presents. So now all I'm going to do is I'm just going to save back up inside of my policy prepping for next year's uh, gifts that I want to go and give to my people. So I kind of did like a little calculation here that I'm looking at on my computer screen. But if I wanted to, I could say, okay, Hannah, because you are your own banker now, you get to determine the terms for your loan and you get to determine, well, hey, what interest rate do you want to charge yourself? If you even want to charge yourself an interest rate, hopefully you say that, yeah, I do want to charge myself an interest rate because I'm just going to treat the bank, my money, the same way I treat the banker's money. So what I'll do then is I will just structure a loan repayment back to myself, just as if I were to go down to any conventional bank and take a loan out from them. So let's say that I took out this $1,500, that's the principal on it, and I want to pay back this loan in two years, all right? doesn't matter how long. Again, you are in control of this transaction. You are your own banker now. You set the terms for your loan. This is all about you controlling the environment. So I want to take out the $1,500, and I want to pay this back within two years. And the Bank of Hannah... I charge myself 10% interest. So if I do the math on that and I incorporate the 10% interest, and again, I just did it on simple interest. I didn't go out there and do all the amortization and uh, compounding scales. But if I go and I charge myself 10% and I want to pay this back over 24 months, two years, my monthly payment back to myself would be about $69 a month. 
So what I'm going to do is with my active income that comes in monthly, my passive income streams maybe, I'm just now going to take 69 bucks each month and just go pay back my policy loans. And again, it acts no different. It's just your glorified savings vehicle. So if I go and pay back $69 a month back inside the policy and pay back those policy loans, well, now it's just going to show up as cash available again back inside of that policy. So that's a computer. What if it's like uh, you want to surprise your spouse and you want to take them on a vacation. And let's say this vacation is going to cost you eight grand, $8,000. What do you do? Oh my gosh, y'all get this. You do the same exact freaking thing. Okay, insurance company, I want to go and take this trip and it's going to cost me $8,000. That's for my plane ticket, the lodging, the food, uh, travel expenses, rental cars, whatever. And this thing is going to cost me eight grand. So let, let's look at my policy right here. Oh, inside of my policy, I got $12,000 in there. Well, I only need $8,000 of it. So I, let me dial up the insurance company right now. They say, hey, Hannah, uh, how's it going? How can I help you today? And I say, yes, I would like to take out a loan for $8,000. And they say, okay, would you like that directly deposited or do you want a paper check in the mail? I would like that directly deposited, please. All right, we should have that out the door in about five to seven business days. Hangs up the phone. Y'all, that is, it's the most easiest conversation ever because you being the owner of that contract, you hold first rights to any cash value that's in there. The insurance company can never deny you a policy loan. So when the $8,000 comes back, what we do <laughs> there goes the, the home phone again. So with the $8,000 that I have, I will go book the tickets, book the lodging, and I go take my trip. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to pay myself back and pay myself back with interest. Now, this time for this loan, I think I want to pay this one back in one year, 12 months. All right, so one year, 12 months. Hannah, you still charge yourself 10% interest. So that's going to cost you about $740 a month is what you are going to pay back to yourself back inside the policy. And that's all I do because next year, December 2024, I know I'm going to want to take another vacation. How do you think I'm going to fund for that next year's vacation? Same exact ways I'm doing it this year. Now, remember, the whole reason of why we're really funneling this money through the policy, adding that one additional step, is because when I go in and I take out that $8,000 loan, that 8,000 was not physically withdrawn from my policy. You can, and I should maybe do an episode on this here soon, uh, the differences between loans and withdrawals, but you are not withdrawing the money out. You are taking policy loans. And I explained it a little bit earlier. I know when we think of loans in the traditional sense, the debt, it's a payment and it's an expense. But no, that's not like how it is in the whole life policy world because you control the transaction there. You're not in debt to somebody else. You're in debt to you. And if you don't pay it, then it just gets gets. Subtracted from your death benefit. 
but we're taking out these loans. So I am not taking out that actual $8,000 of cash value that's inside the policy. I put that money or that policy up for collateral and I'm taking a loan from the general funds of the insurance company. So even though I had this eight grand in my hands and I was able to go buy the airline tickets, the food, the egg eggs, uh, oh gosh, what are they called? The experiences um, and, and things that I want to go do on my trip. Even though I had that 8,000 and, and I paid for all of that, my actual 8,000 was still inside of the policy growing and compounding as if it was never even touched, uninterrupted compounding interest. Y'all, and I just, there's no other vehicle on this planet that has these features and benefits. And I've been asking, if you know of something that I don't know about, please come and tell me. I am open to learning and open to seeing what's new and what's possible out there. I just haven't found it yet. So... Anywho, that's for vacations, right? Let's say you want to take your spouse, your uh, sibling, your parents out for a nice vacation. That's how we'd use the policy for it. Now, what really made me think about this episode, yeah, because it's December, but also, y'all, the big trending topic right now, how about those Taylor Swift T-Swizzle tickets? <laughs> those things are freaking expensive, were they not? And now, you know, it's around the time where the movie's all coming out and she's making a boat load of money on that movie. Um, Awesome. I think that's just so awesome. But but I was thinking about it. I was like, holy crap, are these Taylor Swift tickets really going for that much? And if I were to go to her concert, you know, I kind of grew up on Taylor Swift, actually. Like when I was growing up in uh, middle school, yeah, this was like middle school time. I had like all of her CDs and I would have a CD player and I put my little headphones on. I put, I put her CD in the CD player, close it and I get ready for school every morning. <laughs> I loved Taylor Swift, but I don't know. As I got older, I guess I haven't really been following her as much. So I, I really just had no desire to go to her concert and her shows, but if I wanted to gift maybe a friend or maybe I did want to go out to one of her concerts, I mean, concert tickets were going for about like 500 bucks. Yeah, maybe some cheaper. Yeah, maybe some more expensive. But right around like 300, 500 bucks is what the tickets I was seeing that were out there. So that's a hefty ticket price. Okay. And so what I can do is I can go and take a loan from the policy and just pay cash for that concert ticket if I wanted to. Here's something else that I'll sometimes do. And actually, here's what I'm doing right now for like all the Christmas gifts. I put everything on a credit card, okay? I will swipe my credit card. I will go and buy the concert tickets, buy the new shoes or whatever that I'm getting for my folks for Christmas. And then at the end of the month, I will just simply take a loan out from the policy and go pay off the credit card bill. Because get this now, now that I put it on the credit card, I got my cash back. I got the flying miles. I got all the perks of using and leveraging that credit card, but I was still able to pay it off that following month when that statement came due to me. 
And that's the biggest thing. Credit cards are a great, great asset. You just need to properly use them, okay? Do not go out there spending money on a credit card that you would not also be spending if you were swiping your debit card, all right? That's how you really gotta think about using those credit cards. But if I just wanted to go and take a loan from the policy, go pay for the Taylor Swift tickets or go pay that credit card bill off because I bought the Taylor Swift tickets on there. Well, now that I took a loan out from the policy, do you think it's a good idea? I should pay myself back and pay myself back with interest? Absolutely. So what I'm going to do, let's say it's just one year, one year, 12 months, and I'm not even going to charge myself interest this time. I'm going to steal my peas and I'm not going to charge myself interest. Well, okay, if I don't do that, which is totally fine because I'm in control of the transaction, that's going to cost me about 42 bucks a month. So what do I do? I just pay myself back into the policy, $42 each and every month. And it's the same way, right? So like how money gets into the policy is the same way it is taken out of the policy as well. You can do a, it's like an ACH, like direct deposit that you can initiate the insurance company to do. And even some insurance companies, they will actually even allow you to, allow you to do automatic loan repayments each month where you can set up an auto draft to just pull and pay back policy loans. So my biggest advice, you know, just work with somebody who understands this concept. They are practicing what they're preaching and you have a community and support who's going to be there to help you implement this process of privatized banking in your life. Now, I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, you know, how I want you to view it when you are using the policy to buy these products and services is, is that really look at it as that savings vehicle. So don't just think about it as the loan repayment. This is you just saving back up, prepping for that next year when we're ready to go out and purchase more Christmas gifts for that following year. Now, hopefully y'all will be sticking around and we can have further discussions of why we want to control the environment and the banking process in our life. But my two biggest advice for you is, is that number one, I mean, you got to hop in the pool in order to learn how to swim. Okay. You can consume, 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 go to all of these conferences, go out on the web, read all of these books. But if you do not put the practice into actual works, I mean, you're never going to learn, okay? You can't learn how to ride a bike if you never get on that bike. It's the same thing with this concept and the policy. So get in the pool and learn how to swim and just start small, okay? I started my first policy $400 a month because I was saving about $100 a week. So start where you're at now, start small, and then you will, you will evolve and expand with your banking system as time goes on. And like I said, I, I mean, it's the policy is just your savings vehicle. That's that's all that it is. It's just your savings vehicle. And it's truly nothing more than that, just to control the process of where that flow of money is going to. Now, one thing I kind of wanted to touch on, I thought this was pretty powerful because I was just at the Ohio RIA and I was speaking there. It was actually Pops and I, I spoke on the first day, which was 
Thursday, Friday. It was a Friday. I spoke on a Friday. And then Pops came into town the following day. We had a little lunch session there. And then immediately following that, we had another presentation, which actually uh, Brent did that one. And I met a lot of cool people there. But there's this one gentleman who came up to me, and he's been practicing this concept for a while. He's got policies. He's actually used his policies to buy his wife's new car. So he's been doing this. He's playing honest banker. He's paying himself back and paying himself back with interest. But he made the comment where he says, Hannah, I don't know if it was you or your father, but you finally made it click with me. You finally made it click when you showed us that it's not just for the large purchases, but it's truly about controlling the flow of your money. It, it can be for anything, not just houses, investments, retirement, cars, boats. It's not just for those large, large purchases, but it can be used for anything that you are doing in your life because it's all about the flow of where the money is going first. And we all put money down at the local bank. We all are depositors of some bank. So why don't we just make it our bank where we can be the ones who make those interest profits and dividends on it. So I just want to share that thought with y'all because I know there's some things that may click with a few of you that might not click with some and vice versa. So I just thought it was a really cool comment because again, he's been doing this for some time, but it didn't click for the full banking function in his life until he saw our presentations and saw us talking about this concept. Now, here's why this shit is cooler than the other side of the pillow. You get all the money back. You get all the money back no matter what it is. That Taylor Swift ticket, the computer, you get all of the money back for any products, services, goods, investments that you are buying because of that opportunity cost and that interest you're always and forever going to be earning inside of the policies. Because here's the thing, y'all, you guys are going to go buy the crap that you want in life anyways. You're going to buy it anyways. So just play the game right along there with them, with the elite and the wealthy. And I mentioned it before. I don't know any other vehicle that's better on this planet that allows us to do this with our money to be able to use it for whatever I want, whenever I want, and then to be in total control of it for the terms of the loan. And then I'm still able to keep earning interest and dividends uninterrupted, even though I'm still using the money out here in the real world. Y'all, this stuff is so powerful and I really encourage you to search deeply into this stuff because they just do not teach us. We are not taught about how money works. We are all taught how to be workers, workers, workers. Everybody is so great at making the money. We all know how to go out there and make the money. I just want to show you how to keep the money that you're already making. Now, 
this stuff as well, you, you know, this is what the elite and the wealthy are doing. If you go look up BOLI, B-O-L-I, it stands for bank-owned life insurance. Go to infinitebanking.org. The resources are out there, and I just challenge you to really dive in deep into this stuff and, and think for yourself in question. Think for yourself in question. Now, for myself, up to this point, I have purchased some Christmas gifts for my family and for my friends, and I spent a little bit more than I like to admit for the holiday season. Um, but I did also just purchase myself uh, something new for my own self where I needed a new MacBook. And this is kind of a sentimental, like kind of full circle moment here because this MacBook right here, okay, this one I bought, was it was my first ever purchase with my policies. Um, it was back in 2019, I wanna say. And I went down to the Apple store and I bought this computer because I needed a new computer for work. And I was a little naive back in, at that time. I didn't know too much about the memory or the storage on our computers. I was thinking the nice gentleman would be there to help me out, but apparently I didn't ask the right questions. And so I've just been struggling here recently on like my internal hard drive and the stores that I'm able to have on my laptop. So I actually went out and I bought myself a new MacBook computer computer. Now, I want to tell you all how I'm doing this because I will be maybe using the policy. I think I will be. But what I'm doing is, is that Apple actually has a 0% interest financing for 12 months. And if you put it on the Apple credit card, you also get a 3% cash back. So what I did is I said, heck yeah, y'all it's 0% interest. That's some free money right there. I'll take that free money. I'll make my monthly payments for these 12 months. Then when it comes due and I got to pay the rest of the balance off, if I need it, I'm going to be taking the loan from the policy to go and fund for my second MacBook computer now. So... I, I just love this stuff. And, and y'all, I'm here walking down the same road with you. Um, I got some big purchases that are coming up here very soon. I know some of y'all know that I'm moving. So I'm moving over to Daytona Beach side. And uh, I got a lot of things in the work with furniture, closing, um, just signing things, getting documentations done, the legality side of it. But I'm doing this all with you. And, and actually here soon, all of my policies, because I've been saving up for this new home purchase, all of my policies are going to have a $0 cash loan balance here coming up soon. And the reason being is because of the home. And then also, I have a lot of my money working out there in private lending deals that I'm doing. Now, I am here, like I mentioned, I'm here in Texas right now. I was thinking about getting a uh, episode done with Pops, and let's really dissect what Pops is doing in his private lending business. I think a lot of y'all will enjoy that. Um, he's a much more experienced lender than myself. I am getting into that world, and I think it's the coolest world ever because it's literally very, very passive. I don't got to do anything, really. And so I want to bring Pops in just to show y'all how powerful it really is when you can go put your money out there to work for you and you no longer have to go and work for it. Because the whole idea, this is what my mama says, the whole idea is get your little green men, create an army of little green men, 
and go put that army to work for you so that then you can start taking back that time freedom for yourself. So write into me, all right? I want you to write into me. I want you guys to tell me what are you using your policy cash values for this holiday season? Are you all doing anything, buying any extravagant gifts for your loved ones? Um, and, and if so, I also want you, I want you to comment down below what you're most excited for for this holiday season. So my gift to you as well, send me an email. If you send me an email, Hannah, Hannah spelled the same ways forwards and backwards, Hannah at themoneymultiplier.com. I will send you a copy of our ebook, Mapping Out the Millionaire Mystery. Um, so this book, you can go on Amazon if you want as well, or um, I, actually on our website, I do believe that we will send it to you. I think we just got to charge $3 for the shipping costs of it. I don't even know if we charge the $3 shipping costs, but anyways... You can reach out to me. I'll send you the digital ebook version or reach out and we'll send you a, a hard copy as well. You can go to Amazon, go find the book. But it's a book that uh, my dad, Brent Kessler, and also Chris Noggle wrote together. And uh, it's a very easy read, honestly. If you are not a reader, I would start you there on that book. Um, I, I do always say go back to the Mac Daddy of it all, which is Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash. But I do agree sometimes it can kind of be a hard read especially if you're not familiar with life insurance in this world which we're not in my opinion or just never taught about the power of a whole life insurance policy even some folks about the home offices they don't even know what a whole life insurance policy really is and what it really can do for people so I want you to go out there, do your research, send me an email requesting for the ebook. I will send it out to you. That's my free gift to you. And thank you. Thanks for being here. I know we're getting to the end of the year. If you have been around since the start of the year, since January, put an I down below in the comments. Just say I. I'd be very curious to see how long some of y'all have been following me. Um, give this episode a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on the social medias, The Money Multiplier. We're out there on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, whatever other platforms that are out there. I'm kind of a grandma in that sense. Or uh, you can also follow my personal channels as well. So Hannah underscore Kessler, Kessler with one S, and uh, I'm everywhere as well. If y'all are ever looking for speakers, because I know the new year is going to roll around, more events are going to be uh, coming up around the country. I will be there. I can help support your community, teach to your community. So just let me know how I can keep helping serve you guys and keep having us take back the control of our financial life. So every Tuesday we're here. I appreciate y'all. And until next time, I'll see you then. Bye, everybody.